Jeff Gober, and we welcome you to our final day of Disney Dragon Week. It's been a full week. Um, we've covered so many places and so many dragons, and uh, we appreciate those who have responded so positively to these podcasts and posts. Yesterday, we were uh, covering not just one, but two dragons in both Germany and Italy of World Showcase at Epcot. Today, we are in not just two uh, parks, but three parks. Uh, unlike what I said yesterday in the uh, podcast, I just felt like there are so many dragons we need to cover, and yet there's so little time. So let's get started and, uh, and head toward Hong Kong Disneyland. Now, one of the most famous Disney dragons is Mushu from Mulan. And when you think of Mushu, you're probably not thinking of someone who is a really good team player. After all, Mushu spends most of his time trying to serve his own self-interests. Uh, narcissism is one dragon we should all avoid. Of course, he learns some lessons by the end of the film, but, uh, but Mushu is Mushu, you know? Here, we're not talking about Mushu, but rather Team Mushu. In Hong Kong Disneyland, Team Mushu is a dragon boat team that is composed of Hong Kong Disneyland cast members. And, and they're pretty good. They've taken home trophies and medals. Uh, well, we show a number of images and videos on our uh, post, so be sure to check it out. They're impressive. Uh, really, really uh uh, Disney has an annual tradition of canoe races among cast members. It's entitled Canoe Races of the World or, or Crow. This team <laughs> competes against other outside teams. Ah, they're pretty serious, uniformed, organized. They're, they're pretty, pretty competent. I wouldn't want to go up against them in a crow race. Um, dragon boats have been around for centuries, dating back to the times of even the first Olympia. It's steeped in culture and tradition. Dragon boating is, is a little different than canoeing in that one end has the face of a dragon with the other end a tail. Uh, another difference is that there is a drummer setting the beat at the front of the boat, while a steer person sits in the very back to kind of direct the boat, though the boat generally goes in a fairly straight uh, position. Sometimes they have to turn around and come back, but but largely it goes straight. But anyway, that job is not as easy as dragon boats are always very, very long, inviting team participation, 16 to 20 rather than perhaps uh, one or two or three or four in a traditional canoe. Um, there are many lessons to be learned from being a team member on a dragon boat like Team Mushu. I love this article from Wayne Rockliffe, and uh, I posted it, the link to it on the, on, the, uh, on the page, 10 Things I Learned About Teamwork from Dragon Boating. I won't list all of them, but included is timing and technique are more critical than power and strength. Now think about what that might mean in your own business. How would timing and technique be more critical than power and strength? Second, there is no replacement for a talented steer person. That individual in the back trying to direct the boat, making sure it's not going the wrong way, trying to keep everybody going in the same direction. There is no luggage in the boat. 
everyone contributes. And then finally, you paddle as hard on a bad day as on a good day. Well, paddles up to Team Mushu. If you're out there, I would love to do a podcast with members of your team. So, so reach out to me because this is fantastic that we have uh, Team Mushu representing the best of Hong Kong Disneyland. Next, we want to head to Shanghai Disney uh, Resort. And uh, this situation is a little different in that um, we're going to look at um, not a traditional dragon per se, but rather a dragon fly. One of the most unique attractions at Shanghai Disneyland is the Voyage to the Crystal Grotto. Now imagine if we took some really nice boats, about the size of Jungle Cruise boats, holding guests, and we had them embark from the center of Fantasyland. In fact, all Fantasyland is outlined around this attraction. It plays in the very center of Fantasyland. And what's the premise of this attraction? Well, it begins with a child chasing after a dragonfly. You can see images of this when you're in the queue. And the, and the dragonfly is taking this child on a journey to the Crystal Grotto. In route, they pass by Disney scenes represented by fountains, including a pagoda featuring our hero from Mulan. that even includes uh, Mushu. In China, some people associate the dragonfly with prosperity, harmony, and simply is a good luck charm. In fact, there's a public park and lake outside the gates of Shanghai Disney, and the name of the children's play area is Dragonfly Park. Water also is considered precious. The scenes in this liquid journey depict moments from Disney classics, all embodied in fountains of water. In ancient China, water was and is considered to be the source of all life. Here you pass by scenes from The Little Mermaid, Tangled, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast, all with these fountains that, uh, that help share the story. And then finally, your boat ultimately winds up entering the caverns underneath Disney's Enchanted Storybook Castle. Now, this is the largest castle Disney has ever built. And it's a very cool castle because not only does it have shops and a bibbidi-bobbidi boutique and a fantastic, beautiful restaurant with different dining rooms representing the Disney princesses to include uh, an intimate one with Mulan. Um, there's also even an attraction above that that, um, that uh, tells the story of Snow White. But beyond that, and a show that happens in front of this, this castle, down beneath the castle is an entire cavern. Now, the other day we were talking about the castle at Disneyland Paris and how you can go down into a cavern to see the dragon down there. Well, this one brings an entire boat of people into this into this cavern. And here, um, what happens is that the dragonfly ultimately, ultimately leads you to a special engraved message that translates from Chinese to mean, since now the magical crystal has touched you, please bring its power to touch the whole world. Um, along with this message is, um, a swirl of water and light and images and music. The, the magic of Disney can be found everywhere. And here, in, as the core of this, is this message. 
you've been touched by all this. Now, share this magic. Share this happiness with those around you. Share a positive energy in the lives of those around you. What a great message, especially for those of us who really love all things Disney. Um, you know, you've, we've, we've been touched by so many um, wonderful stories about Disney. We need to learn from these stories and share the magic, share the lessons from this with others around us. This is a great message, especially coming from something as small as a dragonfly, which, which led us to it. In an abundance mentality, we must all ask, what are the little things we are doing to touch others and to bring happiness into their lives? Nothing will root us more. Nothing will give us a better compass to live our lives than serving and sharing and giving to others. Ask yourself, what magic crystal? What power are you bringing into the lives of others? That's a great souvenir to consider taking back into your own life. Now, finally, we bring you to the last dragon of this week. And honestly, I wasn't sure how to present this. I wasn't sure where to present this or what, what part to bring this, but I couldn't not present this. We have to talk about Pete's dragon. Um, Disney Dragon Week would not be complete with our friend Elliot, uh, without our friend Elliot from Pete's Dragon. I love the childlike quality of Elliot and how he lives his life to protecting those who need strength from others. Ken Anderson, who led one of the, one of the great Disney art animators, who led the design of Elliot, noted in a studio newsreel, I don't know how I came up with Elliot. I'd like to think of him as an example of China's concept of the dragon as a symbol of luck and goodwill, which came to them when they need him. He just came to me and I sure needed him. There is no attraction dedicated to Pete's dragon, but there is one beautiful place. He not only shows up, but lights the night. Since 1972, the Main Street Electrical Parade has been entertaining guests visiting Disneyland. There actually was an original dragon in the parade, more akin to something you would see during a Chinese New Year's parade, but, but lit up. That actually continued from 72 until 75 when Disney on Parade then premiered at Disneyland. After uh, the um, two-year hiatus with America on Parade, I think I said Disney on Parade, but I meant America on Parade. Um, the parade, the Ele Main Street Electrical Parade, returned in 1977. As part of those changes, Pete's Dragon debuted in both the Disneyland and then also in what then premiered as the Magic Kingdom version. It had not had an electrical parade before. Originally, that dragon looked simpler, and I, I show images of this. Is it, it, he really was only expected to be there um, for a season. Back then, new floats were temporarily switched in and out of the parade. I remember one featuring It's a Small World. Um, but, uh, but in time, a newer version of Elliot came along. This is the one um, we see today. That version... Uh, is about 5,600 pounds, 16 feet tall, more than 10 feet wide, and uh, is 38 feet long. Um, 
And, and again, I show an image of what he looks like today. He's still parading right now uh, down Main Street USA at Disneyland. However, if you are visiting Tokyo Disneyland, uh, you'll see an Elliot that's even more spiced up um, for uh, their version of Tokyo Dreamlights. Here Pete uh, doesn't write on, on his neck, but rather Elliot holds Pete in his hand. It's, it's just really charming. And along with it, I have to say, and I'll play this as well, we have a video of this um, attraction um, and you'll want to definitely uh, um, see this for yourself. Um, and it plays the music of It's a Brazzle Dazzle Day, one of uh, the great Disney songs out uh, from that show. There are some, uh, some lyrics from another piece of fantastic music in this film. Uh, the words say, I'll be your candle on the water. My love for you will always burn. I know you're lost and drifting. But the clouds are lifting. Don't give up. You have somewhere to turn. This uh, beautiful music, which speaks to the fact that not only um, Elliot was there to help Pete out in his moment of need, but so were some, some kind strangers. This music was from Joel Hirshhorn and Al um, Kasha. Um, apparently, they wrote this song first. I think they were only going to do it because they were just going to do one song for the movie, similar to music they wrote. They wrote a piece for The Towering Inferno and for also The Poseidon Adventure. When they wrote this music, it was so beautiful, they asked them apparently to write music for the entire film. Um, now think about this. Candle on the water, Towering Inferno, Poseidon Adventure. You can see they took two elements from each of the previous films to form the title of this piece of music. But hey, it's such a great, great song. Um, you'll remember the Poseidon Adventure one is a song they wrote called There Has to Be a Morning After. Another great, great piece of music. I love this song also from Pete's Dragon. There's room for everyone in this world. Back up and make some room. Let's all move over and share this world. Everyone make some room. There's room for everyone in this world. Will everyone make some room? Love given freely can spare this world. Let friendly feelings bloom. Just give an inch, give a yard, never flinch. When the time comes um, to offer a hand. Um, so let's all make sure we give everyone somewhere to stand just the way God planned it, just the way God planned. <laughs> Nora says it another way in the film, quote, well, if there's enough room for a chowder head like you, there's enough, there's more than enough room for a dragon. Again, in the spirit of abundance, these dragons and dragonflies teach us that we must look out for one another, care for one another, be there for one another. Well, that wraps it up for Disney Dragon Week. Like Elliot and Figment and Team Mushu, there are great dragons out there if we just look for them. And then again, like Maleficent Dragon, there are some, some fierce dragons out there. There are dragons we fight around us and there are dragons we deal with deep inside us. Neil Gaiman of Coraline fame noted, quote, 
Fairy tales are more than true, not because they tell us the dragons exist, but because they tell us the dragons can be beaten. End of quote. We hope you have enjoyed the stories and examples we've shared this week. Um, we are a new podcast. We're a new website. We're young, but we bring decades of wonderful stories and examples from parks across the globe. Please subscribe. Please like us. Please share with others. Please give us a great review if you like this. Um, and if you like these kinds of messages and examples that relate back to your life or to your business or to your organization, hey, would you consider joining us? For our Walt Disney World Best Practices program. This is four days this December where you'll be immersed in best in business ideas coming alive. We'll be in all four parks, including Disney's Hollywood Studios, as the new Rise of the Resistance opens. Why is there not a dragon for Star, Star Wars? There needs to be a dragon. At any rate, you'll definitely want to join us. So check that out on our Disney at uh, work.com site or um, on our Performance Journeys site, which is the parent organization to Disney at Work, Disney at Play. Hey, thanks for being with us this whole week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, whether it's work or play, remember, always follow the compass of your heart. <laughs>